the Abstract Athlete Podcast, where art and sports collide. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. As always, we want to say thank you to all of our listeners and sponsors for such amazing support. Any questions or comments, please send it to info at theabstractathlete.com. A reminder to listen to the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast, and One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandridge Podcast. Stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, and follow us on all of our social media outlets for updates and news. Super pumped about the podcast today as I get to speak with artist, educator, and powerlifter Danielle Ronte. Make sure to follow her on Instagram at Danielle underscore projects. And you should go check out her website, Danielle Ronte. That's R-A-N-T-E dot com. Let's welcome Danielle Ronte. What is up? Hi. I bet you're probably just as sick of Zoom as I am, by the way. What was that? I said, I bet you're about as sick of Zoom as I am at this point. No, I really haven't needed to use it all that much. Um, Really? Yes, because I've been teaching in person for pretty much the entire pandemic. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. I mean, I've been back back for over a year, but um, that first year was like straight on lockdown. Yeah. Are you on sabbatical? By the way, I'm recording just so you know, but are you on sabbatical right now? No. Okay. How did you go to Hawaii? Was that your spring break? That was my spring break. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Well, damn. Yeah. That doesn't suck. Well, nice to actually, we've never actually physically, well, not that this is physically meeting, but I know we've like had conversations and I know we know a lot of the same people in circles mm-hmm. and stuff for my, mm-hmm. my Ohio roots. Um, so it's kind of cool to actually sort of meet you and, um, and get you on here because you're actually somebody that I find really fascinating um, in regards to what we're doing with the abstract athlete in terms of like relationships between creativity and physical practices and like how it works in terms of like our health, our mental health and just in general, all these things. But I think you're really inter- interesting because what do you, are you, how do you define yourself as a bodybuilder or a, uh, so, um, yeah, the sport I compete in or have is Olympic weightlifting, okay. which my puppy is joining, <laughs> um, is it's just the style. So it's yep. not that I actually, cause you say that and you know, I have to have the disclaimers, like I didn't actually go to the Olympics, right? right, right. The style. <laughs> of weightlifting. So that's what I, um, um, that's what I have competed in and bodybuilding is totally different. Um, it is very, it's a very, it's a sport, but it is intense where you just have to kind of build and shape your muscles and eat a certain diet and right. pose. <laughs> yeah. So it's an entirely different thing. So yeah, I'm always confused by those, those like, uh, differences and stuff, but I'm, so this is going to be a weird question, like right off the bat, because 
your work, and I, I have this issue as well, because like my work has always been defined as beautiful. And mm-hmm. yet I was in, I mean, I was a, I'm a former athlete, played football, base, baseball was the main thing, but I was also like a hard rock singer. So I'm like up there, ah, you know, but yeah, my work is like kind of quiet and beautiful. At least that's what I've been told. And I, I look at your work. It's very ephemeral, very, you know, quiet, very beautiful. And yet then you like have this other side of you that's like, ah, and first of all, like, I don't know how to get into that question, but how did you get into this? Because you were, I mean, you were, a, you're a smaller stature person, like a couple of years back before you started this. Mm-hmm. And what was like that turning point that like, I'm interested in this form of athleticism? I can't pinpoint it exactly. Um, I think like I got into it later in life. So most people do not start weightlifting when they're as old as I am. And um, I think I just was looking for something a little bit different. I um, was, I got into it when I moved to Dayton permanently, like, cause I was kind of commuting back and forth for a while. So I moved here and I was like, I was just looking for something to do with my body, to meet people that would be challenging. And I saw weightlifting and I thought that looks cool. And I want to do that. <laughs> so I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's like, I'm going to do that. So get out of the way. Here we come. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't strong at all. I was a small person. I wasn't very strong, but um, it it really, I think I've thought about it before where my art and visually and that type of um, strength training that I do, they don't seem really aligned, but they are because you do have, it is like both discipline and doing things even when you feel kind of bored by it and continuing on your path to ultimately reach, you know, whatever you're trying to do, be it like finish an exhibition or reach a certain um, number that you have in your head for your lifts. No. And I, that's, I, I think that that's true. I think like it's that, I think it's the way that people define us, I guess is the best way to describe it is like, and that's one of the things I think we're trying to like knock down. Like every single one of us is not only what we are, what people think we are. Like you, you're, you know, like you're primarily probably thought of as, a, or at least were thought of as, as a visual artist, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're also a professor, you're an associate professor at Wright State in printmaking and drawing, correct? Yeah. Okay. Um mm-hmm. But then like a couple of years ago, you, you started, like you said, you started changing your body and then like that like redefines like what people think of you. Like, it's probably interesting for you. Like when you're, when you're, I mean, I'm sure, you know, pretty much everybody at the gym you work out at, but like for them, that first time they found out that you were a visual artist as well was probably like, what? And it's probably the vice versa with like students at the beginning, like when you started this journey, like you're going to, you're doing what now you're, I thought you were an artist and you know, and it's like that, that kind of definition of who people think we are is always different than that 
expectation. Right. And I actually have my studio above the gym now. So the gym that I go to, I started, well, I had a studio in this complex and I knew there was a gym over there, but it just seemed kind of intimidating, I guess, to me. Um, so I never went over there. And then finally I did because I had started training in another place. I'm like, I'm going to check this out because it's just right here. And so finally I did. And that's how I got into weightlifting because they were doing that there. They were doing weightlifting, powerlifting, strongman. And that's how I got into that. And now my studio was in a different building. Now it's above the gym. And people are, so they're like, what are you, you know, sometimes I'll leave or I'll like pop out out of nowhere. And they're like, where did you come from? I'm like, oh, my studio is just, just upstairs. And they're like, what do you, and they're just very confused by it. And I'm like, yeah, you can come in and see what I do sometime. That's, but I think that that's awesome because again, like you are breaking down those kind of barriers of what people define us as like, I, you know, kind of going back to that, that question though. I mean, I love that you kind of find a synchronicity in, um, and you use the word discipline, I believe, I think it was discipline, not ritual, but that, I mean, there's like a kind of a similarity in that. Have you, have you found that like your art discipline, your, your ritual or whatever you want to call it has been strengthened from, from your like powerlifting routine now? Like, I mean, if you notice that, or is that something maybe that you didn't recognize or you were already a discipline? I don't know if I've ever really, I noticed an ebb and flow. Definitely. I think like if I'm gearing up and really training hard for a competition, I have to spend more energy on that versus in the studio. Same as if I'm getting ready for a show. Um, I have to spend more energy in the studio than in the gym. So I think like there's a balance there, but it can tip either way where, wherever I am right now. And I think that's okay. I can't, I think we always can't be on top of our game in everything that we do. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) There has to be an off season, right? Yeah. Yes. There has to be an off season. I, 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 I'm not good at that off season stuff. I've realized that, I mean, I, I have to force myself to like take a day off here and there from like running or something. Cause I, I do something either it's sprints and stairs every day or a, you know, or a bike ride or run, you know, a couple miles or whatever. And, and like, you know, there's just days that I know I shouldn't, but I'm like, you know, and I just, and it's the same with the studio. I think I'm probably better at the studio or maybe I'll just go down into my studio and just kind of look around and maybe do a couple prep things, but not really get into the, the grind of it. Um, yeah. but it's interesting. I just, it's, I, I think, and the reason why I asked that question about, um, that kind of relationship or, or whatever is like, I find, or I've always found that I am, super ritual based in my art practice. And I know that's from my athletic background, you know, and it's just because, so I'm, you know, like I said, I I work out physically every day and I work out mentally every day. Mm -hmm. And, um, and again, it doesn't mean that every day is great by any stretch of the imagination because there's shit days for sure. Um, but it's just, it's kind of that routine, I guess that I'm, 
um, it's a habit, I guess, in some ways. I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. It is. And I think coming from it, I was more, um, I think my kind of ritual or discipline for training came from my art practice because I was doing art before I started doing a lot of, um, doing kind of training and physical things. So it was a little, but I know there is a, there is kind of this, uh, bubble around it it seems like because it's like well artists you like we don't do physical things we <laughs> we do we do cerebral things we make so um I think it is so like I'm starting to see more of my friends kind of get into different um sports now too and I find that like super exciting like uh, did you do anything out. growing up did you play any like sports no. at all no <laughs> Um, I was never like, I probably played like softball when I was like a little kid, but I was never really pushed in that direction. Um, I think my parents just like, didn't want to drive me around either. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I rode horses. That's, that was kind of like what I did. And I rode horses for a while until I, um, got interested in like boys. So, um, yeah, damn them. I know oh, it was such a mistake, but, um, <laughs> but now, yeah, I, I took kind of a break. I always did something physical. I did yoga for a long time, a very long time. And I just needed something a little bit more aggressive, I think, than that. So that's where I came to weight training. Yeah. No, I, I, again, I, it's funny because I, I know there's a couple people that went to school here at VCU that are now into weight training. And I've actually talked to one of them about being on the podcast in the future as well. Um, and because again, like I, it's, it's cool for me to find somebody that was into the art thing first kind of, you know, and then, and then the athletics came second. Cause I typically talk to people that's vice versa. Or like with me, I mean, I guess a lot of people kind of did it simultaneously. Like mm -hmm. I always, and I've said this before on the podcast, I've always felt I was a weird person because like, I remember, do you know who Inca Essenhai is? You know? Yeah. So I went to high school with it. Like we were in high mm -hmm. school together, same, same class and everything. You know, she's a famous painter. Actually, Donald Odita is from my high school. So we have like all these famous painters. Oh, from, really? From my Here's high school. There's a show now. Um he has a show now in Dayton. That's what I thought. I thought I saw that yeah. um, uh, Jeffrey, or not Jeff, uh, what's his name? God, the guy that teaches at Dayton. I'm totally spate. Cortland, Jeff Cortland. Is that his name? Oh, um, his wife, Heather yeah, yeah, Jones. Heather, Heather Jones. You're in that show together, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so like, I remember my, it was my senior year in high school and you know, I'm like a captain of the baseball team. I was a quarterback at one time, you know, I'm the athlete guy. And, but my art teacher like knew that I was an artist and we had this first, I think it was a, like a digital art class. You know, this is ancient times back in the eighties. This so it was like the first digital kind of art class. And she asked me to join this class and I walked in there and it was like all the art kids and they're looking at me like, who the hell is this guy? And why is he in this class? And it was, you know, I like really always appreciate my art teacher for bringing me in there and, and, 
and 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 vice versa i think it was good for the for the art kids to get to know me not just as this dumb jock which is like right. what what people think that i was which i was not i mean i am a idiot in terms of like school but like you know just in terms of testing but in terms of like thinking and 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 you know problem solving in a, in an artistic way i'm obviously i guess probably decent at that and um so it was just it was it's just interesting like how those paths take shape and and those that like see potential and i hope those I, for me it feels like those things are changing in terms of like i think that there's not as much as of separation between artists and athletes or creative people and physical people um because again i think especially when I was growing up, it was like, you're supposed to be on this side or this side. You're not supposed to mingle between the two. Exactly. I think, and I also, I feel like social media and just has a lot to do with that too, because we're just exposed to more and it's not just our, as kids are exposed to more now and it's not a narrow view of just like you in high school and the nerdy art kids and the jocks. It's like, oh, there's this, there's this whole pool Mm -hmm. out there and you can kind of mingle in a, a, a lot of different areas yeah How, so I, i'm curious like you as as a teacher um because i've actually started a there's my dog barking now um maybe our dogs can mingle on zoom um <laughs> i've started like almost a program down here at, at virginia commonwealth called art and athletics where it is kind of this space where I have a, a lot of student athletes, but I also have artists in there. I've had nurses, like it's really anybody can take this class and it's talking about all these things. So do you ever like in your class talk about like physical practices in relationship to creativity? Um, only because sometimes my classes are very physical. Like I teach printmaking yeah. and we're moving around heavy things sometimes we're doing like it's a very physical practice and so is screen printing and so I do talk about it sometimes just <laughs> I'm like if you're not in shape you're going to get in shape in this <laughs> class um and yeah they do they're just like whoa this is hard and I was like well, yeah it is it is it is hard at first but you'll get better at it just like you'll get better at anything when you do it multiple times and a lot of my students know what I do because they can, they'll like see me on social media or I'll post something and then they'll just like randomly say, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> how do you know that? And then they're like, <laughs> really support. <laughs> well, so you're, they're kind of funny. No, and I think that that, but I think that that's, that's, you know, like you said about social media is like, it's, it's, it's weird, but it's also cool because I do think students get to know the teachers, not always in the best of ways, but like they, they get to know the teachers in a different way because, you know, again, it, it's, we're not just their teachers where we do a lot of different things, obviously. Yeah. Um, also just human beings. And this happens to be like what we're doing yep. with them. Yep. Yep. You uh, just won the Ohio Art Council Award last year, right? Yeah. Um, and you've like shown kind of all over the world in different ways. Um, like what, like how, how is that in, in relation like to like 
well, everything is kind of stopped, obviously, but I think things are changing, hopefully. Um, but like, do you do you go to competitions for your physical practice? And obviously, you like show your art exhibitions. Is there ever like something that you wanted to do, like that combination, like finding a gallery while having like a, you know a weightlifting I don't competition? Know. <laughs> or is that too much? Is that like? I don't know. It feels like a lot. It was funny because one time, you know, I was going out to Bay Area and I told my friend who was in, um, who's a power lifter. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to be out here this at this time for my exhibition. He's like, oh, he thought it was like a lifting exhibition. <laughs> like, and I'm like, no, this is for my art, actually. And he's like, okay, that's cool. He's like, sometimes I forget people do other things. And <laughs> because they're so ensconced in um, their world of lifting. So, but no, I've never, I mean, I've thought about it. I'm just like, how would these two things go together? But I'm like, maybe they don't, maybe they don't go together and it's okay. I think it's, it, it, it would be, I think it'd be difficult. It's just, it's one of those things where I do wonder like if it would be, interesting because again for me and, and this is just in my crazy head like it starts knocking down those walls where mm -hmm. like i want i want power lifters to come to a, an art exhibition and i also want patrons to go to a powerlifting competition because i again that's what you said it's like it's real life like this is these are the things that i'm interested in and this is who I am. Come check this out. Also come check this out and you'll get a better sense of what I do in the world. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like it's, it's just one of those things. I, again, I sometimes smash these things together probably more than I should, but I don't know. <laughs> so you, you went to, um, Iowa, right? I as, did, yeah. As an, um, is that where you met Cece? That's where I met Cece. We both okay. were in grad school there. Mm -hmm. Okay. I didn't know that until I recently. Yeah. Um, I was actually just out in Phoenix visiting mm -hmm. with her. So um, I just totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> I, was, I don't know where I was going with that. So, but like you've been in, 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 in uh, Dayton at Wright State for a couple of years. And what, like, what, what are like some, and these are like weird questions to me, but I always like to know, like, what are some goals for you? Like, do you set goals? Like in terms, like both, both, physically and, and, and mentally, like, like, do you want to show all around the world, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, I'm making up shit up. And then like, also like do these, the, the powerlifting competitions all over the world, like, like those kind of like five-year goals, like, how do you like, you know, how do you put those together? Do you like do the normal, obviously the Ohio art council thing was, is like a, you have to put together a, um, a prospectus and, and all that. So, cause I did that long ass time ago. God, I've lived here for 20 years, but like, you know, like what are, what are some of the, the, the five, 10 year goals do you have for yourself? This is, um, this is a topical question because I'm trying to figure that out now, honestly, like I'm trying <laughs> to figure it out in both my physical practice and my studio practice. I'm actually, you know, I, well, just in weightlifting, I was talking to my coach and I was just, cause I took, um, I haven't competed since pre pandemic in weightlifting. So last meet I did was January, 2020, um, pandemic happened. 
I was still training throughout the shutdown, but then I started to have like problems with uh, tendonitis in my knees. So, which a lot of weightlifters do have, it's just so much impact on your joints and taking some time off from that. And I'm kind of doing right now this week, I'm doing kind of a reset and I'm just going to hit some numbers with snatch, clean and jerk, squat, bench, deadlift, and see where I'm at with everything and think about what I want to do. If I want to keep training, weightlifting, if I want to power lift, if I want to do something entirely different. So I'm trying to sort that out. (laughs) And I'm also the same thing with my art. Um, I'm actually going to be leaving Wright State very soon. Wow. So I am, you know, trying to figure out where I want to be with that and what my goals are with, um, you know, if I want to try to make that a full-time career and if that's, because I might have to kind of change some directions a little bit. So I have some time to think about it still. I'm not rushing into it, but I'm I'm trying to establish those because some of those with the things that happened with the pandemic, um, some of those like five-year plans like that I had before are just gone and I'm yep. not going to be do And that's not the path that I'm going to be on anymore. So I have to kind of figure out where I'm going to go next. Well, I think I, I was actually just talking to somebody about this other day. Like, it feels like you're very malleable in terms of like how you navigate the world um, and you become interested in something, then you'll attack it. I Maybe I'm putting words into your mouth or something, but I also think, you know, dreams, we're allowed to change dreams, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot of people, like I wanted to be a baseball player. I had the opportunity to do that. But then I changed and I I wanted to be a singer and I did that. And now I wanted to be an artist and I did that and I'm teaching now and I'm, I wanted, I guess I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Like, you know, it's like these weird steps that we take that, you know, like we, we get interested in something, you either try it or you don't. And I think that's that, that staying curious saying, you know, like it feels like you're a person that does stay curious and you might find something different that like, okay, I'm, I don't want to, you know, be a teacher anymore. I want to go explore Hawaii again or what, you know, and yeah, I'd love to do that. <laughs> um, but it's, I think it's, I think it's for me, I think, you know, and again, like this is just a personal thought. I, I just think it's healthy to like allow yourself to change directions, um, you know, and it doesn't have to be a dramatic direction change. It can be like a subtle shift. And I mean, that's mm-hmm. like, it's kind of like being an artist anyways. Like we all, we all like, whether it's, you know, I'm like looking at your art right now, whether it's like putting like leaves or like a fern in there or putting something, you know, like those, those subtle shifts, they probably, they might be big to us, but like outside world, it's like, oh, okay, you did that. But like us, it's like, it's, it's like, whoa, that's a dramatic shift in how I'm thinking. We're like, just thinking about your work and like looking at your work, like what are some of the, like, where, where does it come from? Like, what's, what's the, the emphasis? Like, is it, is it landscape? Is it, uh, you know, I'm like looking at a lot of. um, Yeah. So I feel, I feel it is a lot of it is landscape, but it also is about 
I feel the kind of unknowable aspect of just being. So in a landscape, you might be, you might not be able to, if there's like fog, water, whatever, there's something unknowable about it where you might not be able to see beyond it. And so just trying to explore that space and with some of my um, kind of, I feel like a lot of stuff starts out with a more kind of scientific idea and then it just takes on its own life and I just lean into that harder. So with some of those circular pieces, what I call cores, they started out as this investigation of ice cores and now they're just, they're more like a layering of my environment. So wherever I am, I might pick up some different things and start to kind of layer that on top of something else. And, and so it just harkens back to that, like layering of time yeah. and knowing, you know, what might've happened at a certain point of time with that. So it's a lot of the idea of mystery, um, unknowable and the excitement in that. So that's almost kind of, I feel like that's where I'm at too in my life. And I'm just kind of leaning into that. Right. More. <laughs> right. I'm, you know, I'm just like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll just like trust my art and that will help me um, because I'm always going to have that. So yeah, I'm just, it's just interesting to kind of talk this out with somebody because I'm just been thinking very heavily about goals in the future and, and the idea of just trying something and changing your path too. Yep. No. And I, you know, it, I think there probably is some overlap in, in kind of how you and I think in, in uh, terms of art, like I, I drive out West every summer and I've done it for the last almost 20 years, at least once a year. Uh, last year I did it four times and I'm very influenced by vast spaces like Wyoming, mm -hmm. Montana, Colorado and stuff, Utah. And thinking about things in an archaeological sense, not not necessarily the ground, like the sediment, but like looking. Um, mm -hmm. like, um, and so like there is, for me, it, you, I think you mentioned the word time. And for me, there's like that sense of time that's like so important. But it, it is, it's a literal and kind of a guessing of time as well like you know like we kind of know sedimentally when time you know like you can dig dig do a core sample like you you know you're talking about and find like what time it is but like when you're out out west and you're looking just across whatever like for me like you're looking back in time even though it's like the smallest most minute way like you're still seeing back in time and i think it's so fascinating to like go into those, like you talked about those unknown spaces to think about. Uh, and I don't know, like I just, it's, I, it, you know, like, again, I'm just looking at your work. I'm trying to remember, I think I've seen, did you have, you, did you have a show up in Columbus at one point? Um, I've had work. Yeah. I've had different work there. I don't, I've never had like, uh, did you have it at Roy G. Biv or something? Yeah, I have had something okay. there. I, mm -hmm. I, I saw that then. I think okay. I, knew, I think I knew somebody else that was in that show. Yeah. And it, they're just like really, they're, you know, it's interesting. Um, 
they feel like you're where it feels like you're absorbed in them. And I don't know if that's something you think about, but like, it's one of those where when you're standing in front of it, like it just feels like you just kind of encapsulated in that space. And like that, you know, that's just a personal opinion, but it's, it's really, it's really nice to like, um, to have that experience. And, and cause some of these like get really large, um, and so like you do like kind of almost have that, um, that sense that you're in it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, like, yeah, I'm like looking at some of these other ones, like the atmospheres and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Real short break. Make sure to follow Danielle on Instagram at Danielle underscore projects and check out her website, DanielleRante.com. That's R-A-N-T-E.com. Also, listen to the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast, and One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandarich Podcast. Now, back to Danielle. But do you, like, like so again, like, just thinking about the fact that you were just in Hawaii, which is one of the only two states I've never been to, I assume that that has to be, like, extraordinarily... Um, just you come back wanting to make art but maybe I'm wrong like is it something where it's just like you're you feel like that energy of like whoa this space you know and just yeah yeah I want to be like I just want to move my studio there and make art is what I want to do but yeah I think like some of my studio is just like I want to surround myself with part of it is also I want to surround myself with where I want to be and so that's kind of why I think that's a lot of times why I gravitate towards like landscape beauty um I want to be there so I want to surround myself with it and I want to surround myself with things that feel good too um things that you're maybe unsure of but you know it's fine (laughs) you know it's good um but yeah, being there was, it was pretty incredible because you got to experience like just beaches, rocky lava beaches, water, sun. Then you could go up to like the top of a volcano and be in the snow. And so it was just, I love the dichotomy of that. Um, and you've done, you've done multiple artist residencies. So I'm, I'm assuming that those have been like really influential. Like the reason why I drive out West is I went to U-Cross, um, I think it was in 2004 and every year since then, like I've driven out West because of that experience. And so I'm like assuming the same for you. Like when you go to these res, I think you went to one in Iceland as well. Yeah, I've went to Iceland a couple of times now. Um, Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I've gone to Iceland. I also went to Gentel. Um, yeah, yeah, right down the street from you, Cross. <laughs> yeah, right, right down the street. Um, and Which is funny to say because there's <laughs> literally what what is that Claremont, Wyoming population twenty one or whatever, and it's just like yeah. there's two artist residencies like within know, a mile. It's hysterical. <laughs> it's wild. Well, we um, like we actually we bought the business. The abstract athlete bought land in Montana. Um, mm-hmm. with the idea of, to start a, an athlete, artist athlete residency out there. So mm-hmm. be on the lookout. <laughs> I love that idea. I love that. 
but so you went to gent like so i assume like that those things those experiences are very kind of influential in your yeah for sure making. i think probably like the most influential experience was like doing the residency at um well maybe it was kind of a combination of both i did a residency at the fine arts work center in um provinceton and then a few years later i did one at headlands in the bay area which are completely opposite sides of our country and I, don't, I think like but being in both of those spaces for the first time in such a short period of time it was really kind of pivotal to like how i started to because i was working with um kind of these it was they were landscape related but more kind of like little drawings and that kind of opened me up a little bit more towards working much larger and <laughs> and also just changing maybe simplifying even more from some of my more ornate things I was doing yeah I I, I haven't done a residency forever um primarily because I drive out west all the time mm -hmm. anyways like you just give yourself a residency yeah no exactly and it's just like I think I actually found it sort of difficult to make work at residencies it was really more about absorbing for me um so i felt like i don't really need to do these i'm doing this anyways um and then i just come back to my studio with the research and the information and yeah i i am um have had a similar experience with residencies too it's like i did in, in iceland i was there was kind of one pivotal piece that i did make there that but i think I feel like that's been the only piece that I've done at a residency that I felt was like a strong piece. Um, otherwise I did kind of just use it more as like a research opportunity. And I started to realize that after I've done, after I did a few of them, I realized that. And so I would just bring things that I was already working on to make sure I had like something to do. Um, because I, because at, at that time, I'm more absorbing and I need to process. So you're absorbing all of these new things, um, taking it in, experiencing it. And then it's just hard to process it when you're making new work at the same time. So it doesn't, it seems like more experimental, like a lot of my residency work, it does, it led to something else yep. that worked out really well. But the things I made there just seemed um, practice like sketches exploratory yeah. yeah yeah now i just i like i did i've only done two and i really haven't even applied to anything um since i did the u-cross maybe i applied to gentel once after u-cross but i did one in in france um where i was there for four months so it was like i lived there um and so it was great so that was almost different than than a residency to me because it was like you know it wasn't like this in and out kind of yeah, quickness yeah. of being there and stuff. So, I mean, like, what do you have? Like, like, have you thought about this? Or like where you want to go? Like, I mean, for me, like, I, I know I'm not an East coast person, even though I've lived here now for 20 years, mm -hmm. like I would love to get out in the mountain. Like my business partner lives in Colorado. I'd love to get out that way. Like I, I just feel that pull part of, the reason why I go out there all the time is because it's just like, I feel like I breathe differently. I, I navigate 
the space differently? I mean, is there a, is there a, I don't want to say specific place, but a, like a general area that you like see yourself in? I also am really thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a damn good interviewer. <laughs> like, oh, um, yeah, I don't feel like I belong in Ohio. Um, Nobody I just does. Don't I'm feel sorry. like it. I, I just don't feel like it. Um, I love my community. I love the artists here. Um, yeah, but I'm also like it doesn't really give me what my soul needs to. So I am really, really thinking about that and. Uh, I love Scandinavia. I love it there. I love Iceland. I've been to Finland. Um, love those places. I also love it out West. I love, um, the Bay area though. I don't think I'd want to live there. Um, I like, I like being in nature there. I don't especially like being in the city yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, so yeah. And the mountains are great too. Like when I was in Wyoming and Chantel, that was incredible. And just, it was just so amazing to be in the mountains. And the one thing I took away from there, it's like how freaking quiet it was. Yep. Like you could walk up there was this thing in Gentile called, I think they call it thousand acres and you walk, it's up a big hill. It's in a field and it is quiet. You don't hear birds. You don't hear anything. It's just like silence and it is disarming. And it's uh, freaky. I actually I had, yeah. I actually had an experience and I think this is what, what my shift of like that vastness of, mm-hmm. of that. Cause I, I remember I was driving down the driveway of U cross cause there, the studio, I don't know if you drove by there or were around there and saw it. Mm-hmm. So like there's the living quarters like here. And then like you go down the street and you can go down this really long drive to where the studios are. And again, I'd driven out there. So I had my own car and I was driving back from the studios to the living quarters. And I came to the end of the driveway and I looked to the right and there was a car coming. So I stopped. And I just kind of sat there for a second. And I kind of looked down. The car's like still way down there. And it's just like, yeah. <laughs> whoa, you know, it's like, it's that, it's kind of like the, the idea of the quietness. It's like that, that just kind of disconnect from city life. It's like, that car is like a mile away. Like I have <laughs> plenty of time to turn. And, but it's just like that silence. It's like, and it's also, I was just talking about this. I did a podcast yesterday and I was talking about this with somebody. I I remember the experience. And again, this is, this plays into my artwork of, of sitting out there and, you know, it's like that red clay and we mm-hmm. think that it's dull, you know, like, but like the more you like sit out there and kind of observe it, like it becomes like electric. And so like I paint with, with fluorescent paints because of that. And, and I remember like one day it rained and I could literally see the grass growing it was like that red just started turning green and it's just like you know and it was just like and it it just vibrated but but you know if you like went out there right now it's like it's like oh it's just dull like orange red and and like this normal green but if like if you sit there and observe it it's just like whoa this shit's crazy like and that silence like i know what you're talking about and it's just i love it it's Mm -hmm. i don't know now I'm missing. I need to get in my car now. <laughs> I don't know. Trying, 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 trying. It'll come soon. A couple months. Less than a couple months. So I don't know. 
Um, who, uh, I, this is another question I always ask people, uh, like who are some influences, like whether it's artists, whether it's, um, you know, people you grew up with, whether it's power lifters. I mean, I mean, it can be multiple people because again, like for me, I think it's an interesting question because the variety of places you are in, like you know, it could be a musician. I don't know. Let me, you know. Ooh. Yeah. This is also another good one to think about. I don't really have like an answer that's like popping out of my mouth right now. Um, who are like some of the artists that you grew up like really gravitating you know, just as an easier, like easier path? To yeah. yeah. So I think like it's easy to, you know, when you come up, when people, people always ask like, what artists do you look at? And yeah, I, know. I just kind of find that to be, I was like, hmm, it's kind of a, it's, it's interesting, but I don't, I guess the artists I look at, I'm interested in them and I'm not interested in mimicking them, um, you know? And so uh, why am I like totally blanking? <laughs> Who's that Icelandic artist? He's like super famous. He. <laughs> uh, I'm, I worked, uh, I can't even remember. Um, no, he's super famous. And why am I like totally? I'm blanking? horrible at names. I'd forget Rauschenberg's name. I mean, that's how bad I'm with stu students. Ola. I'm like, you know, it's Ola. the person with the thing and oh. that stuff. Eliason. Oh, o o Olaf. Uh, o yeah. It's not Olaf. It's Eliason. Why yeah. can't I think of it? I love his work. Like, um, just like what he does with uh that work that he did with the sun um kind of changing oh, yeah, the atmosphere yeah. yep in the gallery yeah um i love well because that's another thing like that. i think like the what i find interesting about your work and i don't know if you think about this you have a really interesting light in your work now, um, also another one of my influences is william wegman i was gonna i was gonna ask you that with your dog like that's not a joke uh, no, it's seriously like I freaking growing up, like I think that was like the first artist because he was like on Sesame Street and he did those yep. things with the dogs. And oh, then yeah. I became obsessed with the dogs. And that's why I have Weimariners. Yep. Um, so and he's like his work is brilliant, too, because I don't know if you've seen this. He had like a retrospective in the Wexner years ago. But it shows all of his early work when he was doing it was pre pre dog. Did I? See? Oh yes, I did see that show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, it's just. We actually just have. Fun. We actually have a. He actually came to VCU pre me, um, and mm -hmm. there's some prints that he did while he was here, um, that I've looked at. But no, I like Wexner Center is so great. Oh my god. Yeah. The Wexner, like that's like one of the great museums around. Yeah. To me. So I think like William, for some reason, even though my work doesn't reflect it, I love him. Um, no, but I think that that's, it doesn't have to be like that, that there's certain artists to me that I think I have, have been influential in terms of like directional, but it's also mm -hmm. like, I remember, um, I think it was 1997 or 96 or 97, somewhere in there, maybe 98. I went to New York. I think my band was playing in New York and we went the day we were that you know we played at night but we went to moma and there was a mondrian show there and 
that sh- like it was a retrospective and it blew my mind. Um, and it's so it, even though my work doesn't look like Mondrian or anything, but there was something about the way that he was putting things together and, and doing different things that really stuck with me. So it's, I don't think that the relationship or that, that kind of influence has to be like, so, um, yeah. And, you know, growing, like going to undergrad, um, I went to a school that was connected to, I went to University of Toledo in Ohio, which was connected to the museum. So that's a great museum too, Mike. It was an awesome museum. And I love, I'll take students there for, you know, if there's an interesting show there sometimes. And I love going back there because it's like I'm visiting my old friends because I see the work. They've moved it someplace else. They've done it, but it's like my old friends and there's a Louise Nevelson there that is lit in blue that I really love a lot. And it's probably like one of my favorite pieces there. And I never really looked at her work a whole lot, but I think just the way that piece is lit and how it's displayed is kind of, there's something ephemeral about it in this like, in this like large clunky wood thing. It's just, it feels ephemeral. Yeah. Do you think about James Terrell's work at all? I do. I like him a lot. Yeah. I was one. No, I'm just like, again, I'm thinking about like light because uh, James Terrell is like a huge influence on me because I'm really interested in internal, external lights and how they operate. And like looking at your work, I would have guessed there was something in that. Um, cause I do, I think you like, I'm sitting here talking while I'm looking, this is probably horrible, for, but I, I think that there's something that really, um, how you use light in your work, um, that it does feel like it emanates from within and it's, it's, uh, really yeah, beautiful. There was, um, I really, so there's a photographer, a Bay Area photographer, um, Sean McFarland, who was at the um, Headlands residency with me. We kind of, he had a studio on one side of a false wall. And so we kind of like would talk to each other over this wall all the time. But he did, he was doing these photographs like taken in kind of near darkness and he would light, he would put them in like very dimly lit rooms, but going on a walk with him, he would just, <laughs> we would like sometimes walk down to the beach and then he would just stand there and be like, look, and just like made me stand there and look until my eyes adjusted and we got used to like the shapes and stuff. And I was like, that was, uh, I mean, I always remember that moment. And then I just, and now whenever I go someplace and people bring out the flashlight or pull out their iPhone, I was like, stop, stop. it. I was like, just, I was like, just stand here and wait. Yep. There's and that piece. Like, there's that piece at the Warhol. So much more. There's yeah. that piece of the Warhol that James Terrell, I don't know if you've been to the Warhol in Pittsburgh, that mm-hmm. it's, I think, I think four people go in at a time. Oh, it's the Pleiades? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And when you have to like sit in there for like two minutes for your eyes to adjust yeah. and it's like just the most minimal of lights emanate and it almost feels like you're floating. Um, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's just beautiful. And, yeah. um, and I think it like, for me, it's also stuff like that is cool because I think, you know, people that aren't in the, in the so-called art world and I hate that saying yeah. and stuff, but I think everybody thinks that art is painting or drawing and that's it. And it's like, no, like creativity is truly what you want it to be. Like 
write a poem, like sit down and, and like use light. Like what, like what being an entrepreneur is being, being a podcaster is being creative because it's like, you know, like problem solving and, and different stuff. And it's like, it's trying to get people to see that art isn't just that one thing. And it's also trying to make sure that people realize that art isn't just the banana taped to the wall with duct tape, you know, because, because that's that other situation where it's like, Oh, art's stupid. It's like, no, it's not. It's just not, (laughs) it's just not. So, um, well, I, you know, I'm really glad we got to do this because I, again, you, you're somebody that I've been wanting to talk to for a while, because when you started on this journey, it was like really cool to see and it's still cool to see how you're like kind of navigating these spaces. Um, because I do like, I think you're a person that is influencing others in terms of like, again, not to put any pressure on you, but (laughs) you're knocking down those walls where it's like, I'm allowed to do this while doing this, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and showing people that it's actually a good thing to do. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that you get like such great like endorphin rushes from doing both of these things all day. You're like, you're in a pretty good headspace a lot of the time, even though the world sucks, but, um, (laughs) but like, it's just in general, like, I think you're doing, you know, like what you want to do. Um, and I think that that's so freeing and and exciting. Yeah. It's really cool. (laughs) Yeah. I get down on myself, like going like, you know, lately, the world has been crazy. It's hard to not be in a funk. Yep. And, but then you get to see, you're just like, let's take it day by day. And you're like, actually, this is very cool. I get to do this. It's, yep. yeah. It's reward. I, I, I try to tell students that I'm sure you do too. It's like art is a choice. I wish everybody chose it. Um, because in some ways I think if everybody did creative things every day for at least 20 minutes, we'd just be better people. Um, mm-hmm. because, and it's just funny to me, like, cause we always, as a society, and this is again, broad brush, this isn't like etched in stone, but I think as a society, we always talk about exercising the body, like go work out, go do this. But we don't talk about exercising the mind. And like, again, like creativity is like such this great way to just like, just sit down and doodle, just start that practice and see where it leads you and like figure out, find something you enjoy. Like at the end of the day, like that's because if you enjoy something, you're going to come back to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it is. It's, I know it's so stupid. We're stupid. So anyways, well, thank you for doing this. Um, and oh, last, I always ask a last question because I, what kind of music do you like? And if you know any Ohio musicians that you, or be Ohio musicians, but if you know any musicians that would want to donate a song to the podcast, um, get it to me. If not, I'll, um, write something. What kind of music do you like? Oh, okay. So in the studio, I listen to a lot of different things, but in the studio, like my go-to thing, I listen to James Blake. I like to listen to like very, um, just kind of like calming things. Um, when I'm working out though, I listen to like Marilyn Manson and Nine Inch Nails and the doom soundtrack. I want, okay, wait a minute. (laughs) I have a Marilyn Manson. I have a Marilyn Manson story. I, my band was playing in Columbus at a place called the Newport. You might know. 
I know the Newport. Yeah. So we were, I don't even remember who we were playing with, but Marilyn Manson had played there the night before. And for some reason he had left his mic stand. I didn't know this, but I'm mm. on stage and I typically like I the microphone stand was my security blanket and where I would pull my shirt. I just had this habit. And so I was like, we're in the middle of a song. And I'm just like, dang, dang, dang. And I just break the, the mic stand and the, the one of the, the monitor guy comes out. He's like, that was Marilyn Manson's mic stand. And I was like, oops. <laughs> <laughs> he so, can afford a new one. <laughs> he what? Oh, yes, he can. Yes, he can. Well, is it, that's, uh, those guys are from up your way. Up in Toledo. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. You they're, know from, no, they're actually from North Canton where I am, where I was born and raised. There you go. Pro Football mm-hmm. Hall of Fame. Yeah. And Dayton is a big music city. Um, the Deals. Uh, yeah. The Breeders. Yep. Here, yep. Breed, uh, guided by Voices. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I cross paths with a lot of those people, not specifically, but I, yeah, I've definitely met Reznor and... I didn't, I never met Marilyn Manson, but met Reznor through a channel of different things. And, and a guy I know actually played with uh, Nine Inch Nails, uh, a drummer at one point in time uh, in the late 90s. So, um, but yeah, if you know any, do you know any musicians? Like if, like I said. Dinos and Kane. He's from Columbus. His name's um, Ahmed. And I actually worked with him when I, we both worked at American Apparel way back <laughs> nice. in the day. And uh, yeah, he's he makes really, really good music. You should check him out. Cool. Oh, if you, I mean, if if you have anybody that you want, if not, I'll just write something. So, um, okay. I, I, um, <laughs> and I, or I mean, sometimes I use my old band's musics or whatever. So, um, but I always like to give the option of people. Um, but this should be out, uh, a week from Monday, right? Okay, cool. Yeah. A week from Monday. Um, I'll send you some promo stuff, uh, like videos and just pics to share on social media if you want to. And, um, but thanks for doing this. Cause again, it was just cool to meet you like in sort of person, because I know like we, again, we like cross paths and, and know similar peoples and, and, um, we actually will be kind of in and out of Dayton because uh we work with my business partner's toy company a guy bought it that lives in Dayton and so we he still works there and we have dealings with I mean he's part of our uh, abstract athlete okay. as well so okay um, what's, this, what's this toy company uh it's called begin again okay um I just know a guy that does toys and I was like because he just got a big big space and um that's not the same person no it's what's the name of that toy company that's interesting. Uh, UVD toys. UVD. Huh. Okay. I'll ask Chris if he knows what that is. So cool. Well, thanks. Um, have a epic day. And um, this you. was like yeah. a blast to do this. Cause um, like I said, it's just, it's, it's fun to hear your story and how, how you've navigated the spaces. So yeah. Cool. And I'm glad to talk to you. Yeehaw. Okay, cool. <laughs> Pet your dogs. Okay. I got to get my dog in here now. Shay, come here. Come say hi. <laughs> Shay, come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Oh my goodness. You want to say hi? Oh, the famous Shay. Oh, look at that. Ooh, say hi, Shay. <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, why are you so cold? Uh, we will chat soon. Okay. Cool. Oh, wait a minute. Make sure to send me make sure to send me actually your cell phone number. 
I think okay. I don't think I have it. Uh, well, it doesn't matter. I can email you. I get your email. Either way, okay. I'll send you. Cool. Awesome. Bye. Bye. Really, so much fun uh, talking with Danielle and the, the way that she combines her physical and creative practices. Love learning about the ways she thinks as an artist and loved hearing the story about how she became interested in powerlifting. Again, do yourself a favor and make sure to go follow her on Instagram at Danielle underscore projects and go check out her website, DanielleRante.com. That's R-A-N-T-E.com. A reminder to check out the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, the Abstract Doctors Podcast, and One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandridge Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, and our social media outlets for future events and news. Thanks again. We will see you next week. And as always, do not forget to exercise the body and do not forget to exercise the mind. Stay well out there.